Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I am your host, John Macri, PFF's IDP specialist and data analyst. We've covered the rookie linebackers, and today we're covering the rookie edge rushers. We're going over landing spots, draft capital, rankings, athletic testing, whether they're into NFTs or things that are real. We're talking Thibodeau, JJ2, Arnold, Hutch, the round one freaks and Greeks, plus many more. So let's get it. I'm pumped to be back talking rookie IDPs once again, specifically the edge class and joining me to chop it up and break it down from IDPguys.org and Sports Illustrated, the one and only Joey the Tooth. Joey, how's it going, man? Very good. How about you, man? I am doing well. It is late May at this point, so the weather's getting better here in Canada and there's not much else to do in the offseason except talk football there's not really a lot of watching of football other than players in shorts just catching little passes that uh, you see a screen pass and you're like oh did you see that he caught it (laughs) yeah just zoomed in uh versions of what's going on on the field so we have no idea what else is is happening yeah (laughs) but yeah it's a good time of year it's nice and relaxed and uh you know we get to kind of uh look at kind of the landscape of what the season might look like and look back at the draft and kind of what happened and everything. So I'm excited. I like this time of year. It's dynasty season, which is always fun. A lot of drafts going on, a lot of rookie drafts and stuff. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. people listening are still doing rookie drafts as well. But uh, yeah, how about you? How the rookie drafts been going so far this season? Uh, Pretty good. I'm loving the landscape of uh, like a lot of the edge rushers that have been dropping towards the late rounds. So it's it's kind of like, I don't think I have any teams with Hutchinson or Thibodeau because I haven't, I've used all my early picks on offense just because I know you can grab really good talented players at the end of the draft. Mainly because most places ADP is crap, but yeah, that's, (laughs) that's a big part of it. Um, But uh, yeah, the, uh, it's a pretty deep edge class, right? Like we, I think we, we kind of touched on this a little bit um, previously, but like, there's some good players that are, you know, it's not like last year where it kind of drops off a little bit. Like it, right. it's kind of this slow, it's a much, much more gradual decline in, in, in talent, I think. And yeah, I'm with you. I don't have any Hutchinson so far. I had him as my IDP 101 for rookie drafts and I haven't Same. got any of them. I think I got one Thibodeau share and it's still been don't like, have him. yeah, see, I, I got him on, on sleeper because I, he, there's the dual designation and I don't right. have to worry about him tra- changing to a linebacker, like a mm-hmm. non-true position league. So that that's been a help but yeah i get a lot of like arnold ebiketti and Mm -hmm. like um the drake jacksons of the world the guys late that drake jackson and sam williams galore sam williams is another really good one yeah yeah josh just scooped him up uh we had our xffl rookie draft josh grabbed him i think i can't remember if it was the last pick or it was close to last like 511 or or somewhere around there late in the fifth round is he's one of those guys you get picked and you're like oh yeah Yeah. crap (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's what it, it's exactly what it is it's like and there's just so many of them you kind of want them all they're like pokemon you just got to try to catch them all but you could right. only get to, you could only get so many in each draft so i try to diversify a little bit but uh, still looking for the the rare aiden hutchinson for my my idp squad so uh, we'll see still got a few rookie drafts left there's always just so many good talented players there in that first round you're just like <laughs> i know it's true it's true. I, I've gotten a, f- a few shares of Lloyd because like the defensive linemen uh, go off the board. So Devin Lloyd's fallen to me a couple times, but yeah, it's, it's tough there. It's a weird offensive class. And then, you know, these, these early defensive ends, um, Hutchinson and Thibodeau, they're, they're clear and obvious favorites. So they're, they're going early, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about all the, uh, all the edge rushers. Um, well, well, 
I, I say all, but the first 10 drafted for sure. Um, that's how we're going to do it. That's how we did the linebackers last episode with Kyle. We, we talked about uh, the first 10 linebackers drafted. We'll talk about the first 10 edge rushers drafted, and then we'll throw in a couple bonus names uh, at the end, guys that we we like that we didn't necessarily get a chance to, to talk about um, in the, the main part of the episode here. Uh, and then we'll rank them. Like I said, um, we'll do one to 10 and see – how much of that has changed from post-draft to, or yeah, post-draft to pre-draft um, and see where we, where we land on these guys. But uh, yeah, what do you say we get it started? Um, we will kick things off with the first overall pick in the draft. It is Trayvon Walker going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joey, what'd you think of uh, Mr. Trayvon Walker? I still think it was a, a terrible pick for Jacksonville. And it's just, it's a totally, it's a Jacksonville thing to do. It's, he's going to be wasted. They're going to try to put him on the edge too often. And I don't think he should be a predominantly edge player. And what they've really done is they've just murdered IDP for fans because now you've lost the prospect of possibly having Caleb on chase on play more edge. And you've now stuck Trayvon Walker out on edge. So now he's playing DN. So you no longer have him with a possible interior designation if you play with defensive tackles and you lost your edge rusher and chase on and neither of them are going to have a good year. Like I don't think Walker's going to succeed heavily as an edge defender. It's just, is he a great football player? Sure. And he will probably have a good career, but I just don't think he's going to have like that good of a career. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like they, they basically bet on this unprecedented, athleticism right right um, that, that hasn't just, even produced in college and that's that's the main thing they completely ignored the production uh there it wasn't there and, the, and what we've seen too is like college production for edge rushers is one of like the stickier metrics to translate for mm-hmm. guys going to the nfl right so i mean there's there's a part of me that gets it because i don't think we've seen like an athlete as freaky as trayvon walker right right um, so we don't really have like this great frame of reference of maybe how he might translate it to the nfl and but i i, I still have a hard time with it because i i kind of liken liken it to like if like the jags taking walker over hutchinson for example it would be like if the 49ers took uh rashawn gary over nick bosa right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in 2019 so the athletic traits are elite for for gary and for for trayvon walker um and they could become an elite edge rusher but bosa hutchinson like these aren't couch potatoes these guys are, are athletic freaks in them, their own right so right. And, and and we've seen the production already we've seen that elite pass rush um from them so it, it it's just I, I and i don't think we've seen like that elite pass rush ability from walker yet and not a not as much as at least the 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 other five six seven edge rushers that were taken after him even mm-hmm. like they're they're betting purely on the potential here. And I think fantasy managers are going to have to do the same and likely going to have to be very patient while they wait him, wait for him to put it all together. I mean, you know, even it, it's, it's hard because there's not really like a good comparison for it, even, but even someone like Jadavion Clowney um, coming out, he had what, like three sacks in, in yeah. 11 games that final year at South Carolina, yeah. but he was this Uber athlete. right? And he so, had that one hit. Everybody. Yeah, the one hit that they keep playing over and over again. He's he made a ton of money off that one highlight mm-hmm. trade, but at Walker doesn't even really have that, which is no. weird, right? Well, it's so. crazy. So you see, you saw Walker test at the combine, and you're like, yeah. "Holy cow!" I never realized he was that athletic, and it's because when you watch the games, you don't see the athleticism. Yeah, you don't see it like pop like it should. Yeah. So it's kind of it, that should be alarming right there in its own right. It's like, oh, nobody knew he was that athletic because when you watch, you don't see it. Yeah, it's true. He does. He didn't have that like that that get off right. That explosiveness mm-hmm. off the line, right? Like a Thibodeau, for example, who's consistently like a yard ahead of everybody else on the line. Mm-hmm. Where Walker, he's almost the last guy out of his stance every time. Right. Um, and I think I put this as a note on the the pre draft episode that you and Evan did, but he. He, he did start to show a little bit more of that juice, like in the college football playoff, a little bit, but it's still there's still a lot missing there. And, and I think, you know, some of it has been blamed on the scheme of Georgia where he's asked to kind of uh, read and rush a little bit, right. Play the run first mm-hmm. and then, and then attack. 
So he didn't get to, you know, show that explosiveness explosiveness off the line as much, but there was still a lot of other issues. Like, I mean, I still, I, I still am completely befuddled at how he can't run a stunt uh, right. if, uh, uh, with that George line. It, it's, it's insane. It's like, it, it turns into a complete like mess every time he tries to do it. He's either tripping over his own feet. Jordan or Davis can literally clog up an entire side of a line. Yeah. And, and he's still getting yeah, yeah. lost in traffic. It, right. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird, man. So, I mean, I think he, I think he can get there. Obviously I just, I'm worried about, first how long it's going to take and then what is his ceiling really because we, mm-hmm. we don't know we, we don't know we don't have anybody to compare him to i mean maybe it's rashawn gary gary had what 81 pressures this year he was second in the in the league yeah. among edge rushers he had a great year but that's you know that's after two years of not really doing much playing behind guys like Zadarius smith and preston smith so yeah it took an injury to really yeah extensive playing time yeah exactly yeah he might not even been on the field this year if it wasn't for that injury so there's definitely a lot of question marks there i think you know there's the opportunity is going to be there i think that's the main thing there's going to be a lot of snaps for him they're going to feel that they need to get him on the field but you know he's going to fall into production that way but i don't know if it's going to be this elite idp that um, people are hoping for with the first overall pick I don't think so. He, he might have a better NFL career, but I honestly think the Jaguars just killed two IDP players with yeah. one draft pick. Wow. Well, Caleb on chase on might've killed himself to he be did, fair. But <laughs> he still had that slight hope. Like if yeah. they didn't attack edge and they went somewhere else, like they need interior rush too. So it's like, yeah. if they yeah. went there or just maybe slid Walker inside, yeah. you still have the slight chance, but no. Yeah, it's yeah. There's not much there. <laughs> it's Jacksonville's a weird team, man. But very weird. Yeah, I don't. I'm not crazy about how they're building it, aside from Trevor Lawrence. But even he struggled a lot last year. So we'll see. Um, but a, a team that I do like uh, how they're building is the Detroit Lions. Um, so they went with uh, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan with the second overall pick, and yeah, I I I, I really like that the lions got Hutchinson. He gets to stay in Michigan, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. We had that last year with like Jalen Phillips getting to stay in Miami. Uh, yeah. So I have to appreciate the geographical symmetry that we get there. Um, but yeah, the lions, this is the second year in a row. They get like another one of these kind of blue chip prospects, right? Mm-hmm. So they had uh, Penny Sewell last year. Um, now they added Hutch to the mix. Uh, and yeah, just like the way they're building their team and ac- attacking like these positions of value. They added uh, guys like Jamison Williams to pair with Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, they took another edge, Josh Pascal in the second, yep. um, who could be, I think, add to like a sneaky good defensive line with like Aline McNeil, uh, Levi and Wuzurike. Um, mm-hmm. So and, and you get these guys that are kind of buying into Dan Campbell as a coach as well. I think um, it, it showed last year how, how they play for him and they, Seriously. they, play, they were competitive every week. They were great. And that team was just so thin. Yeah. They literally, you look at that roster and you're like, how, how are they even staying in games? But they yeah. stayed in games. Yeah. With Jared Goff at quarterback, it's, uh, it was pretty impressive. So and he didn't even look that bad. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like they, they, they did it the right way. They built the team the right way. They're, they're coached the right way. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about the the lions and what they could do. I think eventually, like whether it's next year or the year after they'll, they'll end up in the quarterback market and get somebody good uh, in that spot. But yeah, I, I, I like the way they're doing it. But um, yeah, back to Hutchinson, like, again, just a more, I think, pro-ready prospect than Walker. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. He, yeah. And he was, like I said, no schlub of an athlete either. Like, oh. his RAS score was like 9.88 or something like that. Like, so everybody, like everybody knocked him for his athleticism. Like, it's crazy. It's not a thing. It's not a yeah. thing. I don't, I don't get it, man. So um yeah he's just for me he's the guy i'm most confident in to be like great long term i I think you know he'll be good in his rookie year and and then continue to get better um he's going to be contributor for contributor for them against the run and the pass he can do it all and do it in a dominant fashion um so yeah i I, i'm pretty excited about hutch Uh, how about you no definitely i stylistically i liken him to nick bosa i think he's very similar and uh it's just how do you take a guy like that and say, you know what, I'm just going to go with this really athletic guy and just 
like you said, it'd be like taking Gary over Bosa. It just it yeah. wouldn't be a smart move. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Hutchinson, I think he's got a great career. And like you said, that that Lions defensive line's sneaky good. They got big guys in the interior. Yeah. Uh, they still have Charles Harris. They just resigned him. He had a great season with Detroit last year. Yeah. Uh, they have the Aquara brothers who both played well when they were on the field. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it is a sneaky good defensive line. Pascal, he's Pascal's great. He's an incredibly underrated edge rusher from this class too. Like if, yeah. if you look back at the Kentucky season, he had a great season. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a nice it's a nice little defensive line they've built there and uh yeah, it's, I, it'll be interesting. I I think Hutchinson will play a bunch and then I mm-hmm. think there might be a bit more of a rotation at the other edge spot, yeah. but just considering that they have like a pretty good depth of players there, so but uh yeah, it's a nice it's a nice group for sure. Um, how about with the, the next guy? So the fifth overall pick was Kayvon Thibodeau of going to the New York Giants. What did you think about uh, Thibodeau? Uh, he was my number two edge going in and he's my number two edge coming out. I yeah. think it's a great landing spot. I mean, the Giants needed an edge and he's paired with Aziz Ojolari, who had mm-hmm. a great rookie season. So that is another team with a fantastic defensive line. Dexter Lawrence, um, who else do they have in the interior there? They have Leonard somebody Williams else. Plays they have Leonard Williams. Yeah. That's right. Leonard Williams and uh, Dexter. And then you have Aziz and, and now Thibodeau on the edge. That's a very good front line. Yeah. So I think just defensively, the team's going to be great. Thibodeau, I don't know if he's going to come out and be a, a league winner right out the gate because he does still have some things he needs to clean up. But his athleticism matched with yeah. how that team actually runs their defense. I mean, some odd reason that Giants defense always plays well, always mm-hmm. plays hard. So I think it's a great landing spot for Thibodeau, and he's still going in as my edge too. Nice. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, and they brought uh, Don Martindale in as the defensive coordinator too, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. So mm-hmm. they'll, this is like, a, it's a really nice pick. I mean, I, and I, like you said, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, and getting a good pairing like uh, Thibodeau and Ojolari, like two of like the most explosive Young edge too. rushers in each of their, their classes. So, That'll be pretty cool. And I think, yeah, it was, I guess it was right after the draft. I rewatched his season again, just because like, I, I felt like he, he should, like it should be Hutchinson, Thibodeau, one, two in the draft. He, he goes to five. So it wasn't that far off, but um, I just came away feeling like he really might have like the highest ceiling of all these edge guys, like even over Trayvon Walker, just because he's so quick off the snap mm-hmm. and like I said, almost an entire yard ahead of the rest of the Oregon defensive line. And he shows off like a great combination of pass rush moves already too. So um, I, you know, I just, I, I came away with the sense that like, even though he, he, he already looks good. I think he's not even close to peaking yet. And there's still like a ton of mm-hmm. uh, untapped potential that can be uh, uh, eventually be unleashed. So the, the problem obviously for IDP is that he, he is listed as a linebacker on uh MFL made that change, yeah. and I mean RSO will probably make that change as well because Ojolari uh, is a linebacker on RSO. So Just needs to go to edge, man. Everybody yeah. do it. I, that's the thing. Yeah, if anybody, if anybody is on the fence about it, just Google or well, Google Twitter uh, search Adam Zekis, uh Sticky Z. He has a. It's at Adam TZ on Twitter, and he has a like a, a fix for it so that mm-hmm. you can sign up for it for your league and it will change all the edge positions, all the IDP positions to true positions. So it's pure magic. It is. It's that's, that's what everybody should be doing. It's the way to play it. We don't need to worry about this linebacker, you know, crap that, uh, that frustrates everybody so much and, and blows up uh, Gary Davenport's mentions. Poor Gary. <laughs> oh man. He's just asked to do a job and then everybody hates him for yeah, it. Yeah. It's rough. It's, it's a, it's a tough one. I feel bad for him. Um, all right, so the next uh, edge guy taken came at number 26 in the first round. It was Jermaine Johnson, the second, going to the New York Jets. Um, and I'm a big fan of Johnson. I, I really like the Jets, uh, another one of those kind of teams like the Lions that I think is building their team in the right way and, and getting a bunch of talent at premium positions, which now includes uh, Jermaine Johnson, who they they traded back up into the first round to acquire. Yeah, if I, yeah that's right. Great move, too. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice what they already grabbed in the first round, then they go back in, they grab Johnson too. It's like, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, so 
all of a sudden now the the Jets have like this another one that pretty impressive defensive line on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming Carl Lawson is healthy, uh, coming off the Achilles, which it sounds like he should be. Um, but they extended uh, a personal favorite of mine, John Franklin Myers, last mm-hmm. offseason. Uh, they got Quinn and Williams heading into his fourth season. Um, you got you know Sheldon Rankins, whatever. But a former twelfth overall pick himself, right? right? So <laughs> there's some talent there, and and I feel like just looking at the way that their defensive line, if you want to think about their most common front, what it might look like, I think on early downs versus passing downs is they probably utilize Franklin Myers and Lawson on the edge on early downs with Quinnen and and Sheldon Rankins in the middle. And then on those passing downs, kick JFM into the inside, let Mm -hmm. Johnson come get some time on the edge on passing downs to get after the quarterback. And he's still like Johnson. He's, he was one of the better run defending edge defenders in this right. class too. And I, I think he can definitely be an asset there in the NFL as well. So he'll probably get some good time uh, on early downs as well. But for now, I think there's a lot of snaps uh, of not a lot of snaps that are available for the jets defensive linemen uh, outside of those, those top two, really John Franklin Myers and Quinn and Williams or Carl Lawson. I mean, um, so yeah, it might, it might not be an ed- every down edge right away, but, I I still I still like him quite a bit, and I think he he could get there for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued to see how Carl Lawson looks coming back because he's never really been like a terrific run defender. Mm-hmm. He's been an incredible pass rusher. So if he's lost a step or two with how well Jermaine Johnson does play run defense, I wouldn't be surprised to see him more on early downs. That's a good call. But yeah, for sure. I mean, Lawson thrived in a in a premier pass rushing role in Cincinnati. Like that's r- yeah. pretty much what he was. He was your, your third rusher coming off the bench yeah. and you just played passing downs, but he did it very well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, the thing. I mean, yeah. And it's Achilles, right? We don't know. Like there's, it, it, it does sap some of that explosiveness. So yeah, there's, there's definitely concern there, but I don't know. I, I have hope for Lawson cause I, I, I do, do like him and I, I want to see him like kind of put it all together and, and, and it was nice to finally see him land somewhere where he got a full-time role. Yeah. And then yeah. this happened. You're like, of course first snap of the, the preseason or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. It's yeah. brutal. So, so I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah. I do, I do love the Johnson pick. I think he fits the scheme. Well, definitely. Yeah. It'll be fun. And then you, yeah, you got solid there and I know the defense, it wasn't good last year, but they've added some nice pieces. They yeah. have the draft. Yeah. Sauce Gardner. And he's, he's like the type of coach that people like to play for. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's nice. And you can see it with a team be like, even Jets fans are like, yeah, all right. They have yeah. like this weird sense of optimism. Yeah. And they love their GM over there too. Joe Douglas yeah. uh, is a, he's a yeah. big fan favorite. So yeah, they're, they're doing all the right things. I hope Zach Wilson turns out for them too, because that could be fun um, if they do yeah. hit on that quarterback. So yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Johnson, he's still, I think I have him in the top five still for, for rookie edge rushers. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, I think there's the opportunity can be there. It's not impossible for him. Like you said, it Lawson might still be the, the pass down specialist. We'll see with the, the Achilles. So, um, and the next one was the 30th overall pick. The Kansas city chiefs took George Karloftis. What did you think about uh, the chiefs going Karloftis here? It's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Like you, I think you said it yourself during the draft. I think mm-hmm. right before they drafted Carlyftis, you were like, he Carlyftis would fit perfect with Cincinnati or with the Kansas City scheme. It's like he fits their style of of defense perfectly. And then the pick came in and I was like, yeah. tip my hat to John. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, they have what Frank Clark, and we all know your your thoughts on Frank Clark. And I can't stand <laughs> the man with myself. I can't stand him. Yeah, and uh, other than that, what do they have? Nothing. Mike exactly. Dana. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he's he instantly comes in and he's their best pass rusher, and and not even close, like by far their best pass rusher. So he's, he, I can see him being a three down player right from go. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think yeah, three downs. I think is should be a lock for Karloftis just based on what else they have there. Like even Steve Spagnolo, who who does not like to play rookies or make IDP fun, shouldn't <laughs> be able to ruin this for us. Oh, God, and he did it again with oh, Chanel. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. This is what he does. He's <laughs> 
He, I, he he gets off on upsetting IDP Twitter. I think he does. Think. He yeah. just he sits there and he trolls Twitter and he's like, all right. No, no, guys, we're not going to take a corner here. Take Chanel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we drafted Nick Bolton last year. I don't care. <laughs> and then Willie Gay the year before. Yeah, who oh, cares? God, I know. Best player available. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, the Karloff, this pick, like I, I do. I love the landing spot. Um there was talks about them almost bringing Melvin Ingram back as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point he ended up in going to Miami. So nothing to worry about there. Um, and like you said, I think it, yeah, it's an every down role. Uh, I, I can almost guarantee he'll be better than Frank Clark in year one, because oh, like Frank. you mentioned, Frank Clark is ass. Um, so. He is he's incredibly poor yeah. trying to be very nice about it. There's so many choice words I have for Frank Clark. Oh man. Oh, I'd imagine too, like as a 49ers fan, when he played well for the Seahawks, right. And then, yeah, he leaves it's the direction mad. That whole Legion of boom defense used to drive me mad because they were so pompous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course he leaves the system and he's just been poo. he's been absolutely yeah, poo is dirt trash. <laughs> Frank Clark, if you're listening, uh, we apologize. I we know don't you apologize. Weapons, don't figure it out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean if, <laughs> even if you know he doesn't, you know, get into like um like Karloftis, that is I you know he 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 didn't really have like a, a like an outside move in college like mm-hmm. kind of he doesn't he's not like a bendy kind of guy but right. he started to do it a little bit more near the end of the season even if he doesn't develop like an outside move as a rookie still like the guy should be on the field enough that he he gets that production and he's a good enough pass rusher right. um, that he'll find a way to to get production so I'm excited about Karloftis in Kansas yeah. City for sure. Yeah, he definitely he based his rush off power, and I th- honestly yeah. think he has the power where it still translates to the NFL. So yeah, yeah, I think so for sure. Um, all right, so then we go into the second round here. The first edge defender taken in the second round. So this is the sixth pick of the second round. Arnold Ebiketti, uh goes to the Falcons. So similar to Karloftis, this is like one of those ideal landing spots for a rookie edge defender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially taken in the first two rounds of the draft. I, I think Abiketti's already kind of flashed the makings of a very good pass rusher during his time at, yeah. at Temple, and then he got even better at Penn State. Uh, I think it was like a 90.5 pass rush grade last year, 52 yeah, pressures, awesome. eight sacks. Um, he had the lowest percentage of unblocked and cleanup pressures for his college career in this class as well so he's winning on his own merits which is a great translator for the nfl as well yeah and yeah like i said atlanta just desperate for someone who has shown any signs of life as a pass rusher uh in their it's life in that way for years now too it's terrible it, it's absolutely terrible so i hope he's the one that turns it around because outside of grady jarrett there's there's basically nobody um so I, I think I know I feel bad. The guys, <laughs> the really good players, stuck in the middle of a terrible line. Yeah, I know they need to they need to keep paying him just to make up for it. Because seriously, yeah, just give him like a six year contract and just say <laughs> yeah, thank exactly. you. Just thank yeah. you. Give him a Mahomes contract. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think Ebiketti should walk into at least like six hundred snaps. Right, I, I'd be blown away if he doesn't get that. Assuming yep. he's healthy, basically. Um, uh, you know, there, there's still a lot of pass rush work that needs to be done for the Falcons and, and maybe they continue to address it, but he's already probably the best pass rusher on the Falcons uh, without playing a single snap in the NFL right. uh, and a much better option for fantasy managers than like any of the three guys that they were rolling out there last year who were just awful. I think Dante yeah. Fowler. Oh my God. Yeah, you know that you know that meme with the the three headed dragon where there's like the two heads that looking they're looking mean and intimidating, and then there's like the doofus head. Mm-hmm. The Falcons three edge rushers last year remind me of a dragon that was just with all doofus all heads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, Dante Fowler, uh, Tedakumbo, Ogundeji, and Stephen Means. Oh that was the other one. Who were just like a terrible combination it's of players. Horrible, absolutely yeah. horrible. I mean, they brought in Lorenzo Carter, but still, like, right. I mean. I don't think he's a, a tremendous pass rusher. He's a good edge defender and he's mm-hmm. he's a good run defender, yeah. but he's not going to bring the heat every play. Yeah, he's and he's been he's never really been a productive edge rusher in the NFL or right? healthy. Like, 
Yeah, he's he's got a few chances. He's just not really sure. There's just like these these band-aid pieces that they've brought in and and it's yeah, crazy maybe, like to not attack the position. It's like you know. you've seen so many of these teams who thrive of starting by building their defensive line. The Detroit's doing this right now. Like watch yeah. these teams do this right now and they get good. But yet the Falcons just I don't know what they do. Like what have they even drafted this year? I don't even recollect their draft they drake london that was drake london yeah so you Troy drake. anderson but like you again can, like a linebacker they didn't need to draft linebacker it's no. not a it's not a high value position right You're like There's, we need to get rid of Deion jones contract so we're gonna grab a linebacker in the second it's like you could have grabbed a linebacker in the fourth probably and yeah. still got rid of Deion jones because i mean get your freaking edge yeah, edge. I know. And and yeah, grab those pieces like off free agency, right? Like Joe Schobert's still out there. Right. Uh, Alexander Johnson. Like there's mm-hmm. guys like that that you can address the linebacker position with where edge, like it's such a, a thin position already and you need good players. So yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know why they haven't done it. It's uh but yeah, they'll maybe they'll be in the the Will Anderson uh market next year. Oh, uh, man. We'll see. <laughs> I'm excited. I hope nothing happens to him this year in college. I know. It scares me. It's yeah. like that's a guy that just doesn't need to play another snap. He's already shown enough. Yeah, he really doesn't, right? He could opt out and probably, probably still, still be a top five one. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised. Like if you if a team that goes with the first overall pick has a quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be he'd be good, man. He's uh yeah, Alabama, man. They're they, they they have something to do. They have something going there with their defensive line because they just pump these guys out. We were just watching uh, for work. One of our development calls was looking at pass rushers, and we were watching some Will Anderson. And yeah, man, he was <laughs> he was he's impressive able. last year. His his burst is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, but, yeah, it's magic. It's just yeah. fun to watch. Just do it. Anybody listening, just watch it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If you're already looking to to scout the 2023 uh, IDP class, start with Will Anderson for sure, uh, Alabama edge rusher, and uh, yeah, have some fun with that one because he's he's a good one. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's go to the eighth pick of the second round, which was Boye Mafe going to the Seahawks. What did you think here? I loved it. I think it's a tremendous landing spot. I mean. They don't really have. I don't think they re-signed Carlos Dunlop. I think he's still a free agent, which he still might come back. They they were talking about it, but I don't think they really need to. I mean, Daryl Taylor's there. He played pretty well at the start of the season. Then he got injured, and he didn't really come back with the same fire. It seemed like, but outside of them, where they have a, a couple of failed picks, L.J. Collier. Oh God, yeah, um, yeah, that was that was a failure. But he just lands in a spot where he could potentially see high volume his rookie season. And he's just – at Minnesota, you saw him get better every single season. So he's obviously a coachable player. So you, if they have the right coaching to teach this kid just to, mm-hmm. just to keep improving, I think he, his ceiling is incredibly high, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked uh, I liked Mafe at uh, Minnesota. I thought he was a fun player. And, and yeah, there's potential there for sure. I, I wasn't – I, I was a little bit different. I wasn't crazy about the landing spot just because I that Seahawks like rotation could could be an issue sometimes for IDP. But I mean they they still deployed like their top edge around 70% of snaps last year. So that's mm-hmm. it's not amazing, but it's not bad. Um it's just figuring out which one of those guys is gonna do it. They all right. they have kind of these a mix of similar players. Like you said, Daryl Taylor's there, uh Uchenna and Wosu, Alton Robinson. Wosu, that's right. Um, so there, there's some guys there that can play, but it's, he can emerge that that's the thing. I think he's good enough to emerge as kind of their top guy. I don't know if it's going to be right away as a rookie, but, um, yeah, I I think, you know, he, he'll take some time, a little bit of time to develop there and, and it could be a really nice spot. I, I hope so anyways, because, yeah, you mentioned LJ Collier. I mean, that was, that was a reach at the time and it just hasn't panned out and, um, they, they, they need a win happen. there. You're like, all right, maybe they see something we don't. And it's just like, yeah, no, they didn't. They, <laughs> it's just a straight up breach. <laughs> Bad, man. Yeah, it's weird. But um, yeah, we'll keep it going. We'll go to the, the second round, the 13th pick of the second round. That is uh, David Ojabo goes to the Ravens. So Ojabo, I feel like just based on the this draft capital probably would have been a first rounder if not for yeah. the Achilles tear, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they they were talking to him being like a top fifteen pick. Okay. 
Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, the Ravens, yeah, they just had these like top tier talents fall to them. It was my like, gosh, man. Kyle their draft Hamilton. is unbelievable. I know it, it really was. Yeah. Kyle Hamilton, Travis Jones, Travis Jones, David Ajabo. Those, that's your first, second, and third round picks. You're, it's just like, all right, just throw the pad away. You just won the draft. Yeah. That, that, that was amazing, man. Travis Jones in the third was just like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was joking about it that like early on UConn two, guy, I saw yeah. that. I was like, oh my God, how do you, and you land in such a perfect spot. Yeah. It's a nice spot. He's, he's really good, man. I, I started watching him um, like really close to the draft and and he, he he's exciting. I, I like uh, Travis Jones quite a bit. Yeah. I just started writing with UConn right around the senior bowl and yeah. I watched him at the senior bowl and I was like, He's literally dominating everybody. Yeah. And it's not just run defense. He's he's getting to the quarterback. It's like, yeah, I like to see this. It's yeah. good to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we like those three techs that can rush the passer, right? Mm-hmm. They're not just run defenders. And Jones is that guy. So I I, I think uh, he could be a nice little IDP option as well. But, um, but yeah, just coming back to, to Ojabo mm-hmm. there. Um, the only thing I, I, I had, like the only issue I had with Ojabo, I just felt like he was very raw. Mm-hmm. Um coming out right and and now this injury the achilles injury kind of puts him a year behind in his development um where he could have already taken some time to hit his stride in the nfl so i I was worried a little bit about that he just had the one year of production at michigan um didn't really start anywhere before that so it was just he came out of nowhere um he won a lot more with like counters and power than those initial pass rush moves which we like to see so definitely some work to be done there but i i I do like the landing spot um i mean you got three really capable pass rushers for the ravens now on the edge so uh, odafe owe david ojabo tyus bowser uh two of them are recovering from achilles injuries unfortunately (laughs) so we might only see owe this season but uh yeah i mean i keep seeing i can see myself definitely getting more ojabo like if he falls in drafts which he has mm-hmm. been in it you know you pick him up late i just don't think i'll be spending too early of a pick on him um yeah. i'm thinking more like late third and beyond in those in those true position uh, yeah. leagues yeah a lot of people are still on the hype of ojabo i mean yeah. he was incredibly explosive in college but that's the thing that worries me with his achilles so he does like you said he's he's very raw he lacks a lot of tech, the technical aspect of pass rushing, and if you take away his explosion, what does he really have? Yeah. So if the Achilles, he doesn't heal well from the Achilles, is how much is it going to stunt his growth? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, like you said, his, I mean, and that one year of production was elite production. I mean, you watch the defensive line with him and Hutchinson; it was like, yeah. well, what do you do? How <laughs> much you can do? Yeah. No. So, it's, yeah, it's a nice group they had there, and um. Yeah, that 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 was the only thing I, with me too. Like like you said, it, it was just kind of yeah that one year production, a little bit raw. So, I I hope that he's able to like I hope he's he's not a year behind like like we like he most likely is going to be because of the Achilles yeah. injury, right? But um, yeah, there's a chance. I mean, he's 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 got that that super athleticism behind him as well, right? So uh, he might he might hit it and and be a big time. Uh, idp for a while so yeah nice guy to grab in those those late mid like mid to late uh rounds of rookie yeah, drafts i think third early fourth somewhere yeah. around there yeah Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. How about uh, how about the Lions doubling up on edge here? The 14th pick of the second round, Josh Pascal. What did you think about this? I liked it. I mean, uh, he was he was one of the leaders in college football and pressures last year, wasn't he? If I remember correctly, I can't remember the exact number, but I remember seeing he was one of the top top edge rushers in pressures last season. And it's just quietly. It's like you didn't really hear much about Pascal. I mean, you do every now and then, but. I mean, he's a powerful guy. He's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He he's good in run defense. I mean, he's exact this the exact type of player that fits the Lions what they're looking for. I mean, yeah. he's just this bruiser of a pass rusher, and I think Dan Campbell's got a great thing going in Detroit. Yeah, he knows his type of players he wants. The guys are buying into his system, 
And like we mentioned before, the, there's a lot of depth in Detroit, but there's nobody that's really mind-blowing outside of Hutchinson. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see Pascal, maybe not to start the season, but as the season progresses to leapfrog some of these guys in the depth chart. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I think there, it, it's very likely to open with kind of a, a rotation, right, with the Okwara brothers and Charles Harris. Um and and yeah, he, I think he could work his way in there. I mean, he, he's not a guy that has like this elite get off or bend, but um, has he does have a really nice swim move uh, and quicks mm-hmm. once he gets you know out of his stance. So I, obviously, you know, somebody that that has that pass rush repertoire a little bit. But the second round draft capital is nice. I, I think mm-hmm. part of the reason he he's going so late in, in rookie drafts, from what I've seen, or at times even undrafted, just has to do with the assumption of that rotation there in Detroit. Um, across from Hutchinson. So there, there's definitely a lot of capable edge rushers on the team this season. So I, I do, I'm not crazy about his rookie outlook, but I think, like you said, he, he can get there later in the year and and be an asset long-term. And I, I do have a take here. You, you mentioned, you know, him getting on the field. Tell me if you think this is crazy, but I do wonder if, uh, if the Lions might want to lean on him more as like an interior player on, on passing downs, um, similar to how, they like the jets use john franklin myers for example Mm -hmm. right he he does have some experience playing more inside the tackles and that's kind of where he's comfortable rushing is on those inside shoulders of tackles or or against guards um and with somebody like Ali mcneil you know probably coming off the field on those passing downs right uh, there's probably some opportunity there and they don't have to then rely too heavily on like a 32 year old Michael Brockers and his, his 48.0 pass rush grade last year. So yeah, it was real poor. Yeah. I mean, use him kind of like the 49ers were using Eric Armstead. Yeah. Just, I think that'd be a great move for them actually. And it's just, it's a good way to keep your best players on the field. Yeah. 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 I was just trying to think of like, you know, they, they spent this early capital on them I'm trying to think think of a way for him to get on the field and looking just kind of how he was used um, at Kentucky. Like he, he played a lot inside and that was where he was, he was attacking with his rush. So I think there's, I I don't know, at least I hope Um, that's just my, I'm not a coach. I don't know what the hell uh, Dan Campbell's going to do, but that, that's, that was, that would be what I would be looking to do with him at least as a rookie. Yep. And he's definitely a guy like he, when you're looking at your rookie drafts, he's like a, at the best, a fifth rounder. Oh yeah. People are just letting him drop fifth rounder or he's going undrafted. So it's like second round draft capital for an edge rusher on a team that's rebuilding. I mean, it kind of seems crazy not to take a flyer on him in the fifth. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. He's been, he's been falling out of almost every draft I've done other than like a deeper, like 16 team leagues um, mm-hmm. and, and, and bigger, he he's fallen out of um, almost all of them. So he's somebody you could get very cheap and, and he's got, he's, I mean, I, I'm just pulling up his grades, 90.0 overall grade last year, 81.3 pass rush, mm-hmm. 90.2 run defense. So all the, all the right signs are there that he can, you know, translate to, to the NFL and that he showed, um, you know, to be a good player in college last year. So I think he's worth the second round pick. And I, I think, yeah, worth a fifth. If yeah. he's falling into the fifth round, grab him. It's the SEC too. That was all done in the SEC. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's not like it's a bum conference. Yep, definitely. All right. Uh, last name of the top 10 guys drafted here. It was the 24th pick in the second round, Sam D. Williams. Is he D. Williams or Sam? I saw, I've seen him listed as like, D or something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyways, the Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys get uh, Sam Williams. So this uh, this feels much more like the the Randy Gregory replacement for them than mm-hmm. what the signing of Dante Fowler was. Yes. Um, who, yes. as we know, Dante Fowler is cheeks, and, and and they just and they just gave him like a really cheap one year contract. Yeah. Too, Fowler so. was the desperation in case we miss our guys. Right. We have this to fall back on. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, a lot of similarities with uh, with Williams and Gregory, and that they're both these kind of pass rush specialists, um, mm-hmm. and they both do that role really well. So he, he was explosive off the line, from what I saw. He wins with speed, um, has some variety to his pass rush as well. He had great production last year. Um, again, boating well for the for the NFL, and 
a hell of an athlete too. I think he posted mm-hmm. a four four six forty time, so faster than oh, yeah. Trayvon Walker. Yeah, uh, he had a sub seven three cone, hundred and twenty three inch broad jump, which was the same as Trayvon Walker. Thirty six inch vertical, same as Trayvon Walker. Um, and well, the size obviously is the difference, right? Right. <laughs> um, so between him and Walker and and the draft capital, obviously, but he's he's also a better pass rusher right now, right? Um, than what Walker showed, and and someone who again can be had super late uh in rookie drafts like i mentioned at the top josh grabbed him late in the fifth round and that that's usually where i see him uh, yeah. falling to yeah i mean what impressed me with him is his his get off his, his his initial step off the line is explosive and just fast like he his snap timing is great yeah and he goes to dallas where they've been looking randy gregory could not stay either out of trouble or healthy and demarcus lawrence has been looking for somebody to pair with for years now they had Alden Smith for a brief period. They had Randy Gregory for a brief period. And now Sam Williams can come in and hopefully he can fill the role. Hopefully long-term we'll see, but I mean, it's a, it's a good landing spot. And yeah. I think this, the fact that they went and they got Fowler and then they drafted Sam Williams in the second, I think people need to to turn the dial back on Parsons being a, an edge defender as much as he was last season. I think yeah. it needs to be dialed back a little bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting, right? Because I think he'll be used more in a specialist role, but I don't right. think he's going to be – he's not going to have that many snaps. I don't think that's like the new linebacker everybody's looking for. Like Everybody thinks that's right. a new thing because it was such a productive – for IDP-wise, we're all like, we, we need the next Parsons. Mm-hmm. I don't think NFL teams are like, all right, we need to find a guy who's going to play linebacker here and then play edge. I don't really think right. that's what they're looking for. It's just that's – Parsons strengths yeah it's like a bonus if they're able to do it kind of right. thing right like they might try them out in that role like like I, we were talking with kyle uh last episode about devin lloyd about how utah mm-hmm. would use them on the defensive line and yeah. and, in the, and in the dirt even and going up against tackles yep. and they jacksonville might try him out there but he doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be micah parsons right and, right. and play 41 percent of his snaps uh on the edge like right. parsons did so um yeah i mean i think I think you're right. Like, I think there will be, I think they will scale back the edge work a little bit just because there was that need there with, with injuries to DeMarcus Lawrence and then uh, Randy Gregory missing time as well. So they put him in there uh, a a lot more on those games when those guys weren't available, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I think he'll still, he'll still get a a fair amount of work there, probably more than the the majority of edge defenders or linebackers, I should say um, would. And that, you know, so I wouldn't expect the sack numbers from, from Parsons, but hopefully, you know, the tackle production makes up for it a little bit. So we'll see. I, I'm still a little, a little worried about how Dallas is going to use him. I think he's still going to see a, a lot of edge snaps. I don't think it's going to be as much as last year, like you said, but um, I think that that role is still going to exist for him for, for yeah. a good part. But yeah, like you said, at least they have Sam Williams um, and, I mean, even when they did have Gregory and Lawrence last year, they were lining Parsons up in the A gap and making him go after <laughs> after right. uh, the quarterback there well, too. And, and that's the that's the luxury now. You bring in another good yeah. pass rusher. It's like, all right, now you can just you can blitz with Parsons. You can come yeah. off stunt. I mean, he's just he's so versatile. Yeah, that you can use him however you need him to. And, yeah, and having a more complete defense just makes you just gives so much creativity to your defensive coordinator. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's 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 really like a kind of the what exactly what you would want out of your linebacker if you're spending a first round draft pick yeah. on them right so uh we'll see if uh any of the teams this year get anything close to that but yeah parsons man he's special he's he's different and i i i'm with you i think he should be viewed more as a unicorn than something that all teams are kind of hoping to to get with all their yeah. linebackers because i don't think that's possible no but uh, yeah, those are the those are the first ten guys drafted. Um, we could rank them in a in a minute. Let's go over the couple bonus names that we have. Who was somebody uh, that we didn't mention here that went uh, outside of these top ten guys that uh, that you like for for IDP? Uh, it's kind of a super reach, but uh, Amari Barno. He was from uh, I think it was I think it was Virginia, Virginia Tech actually, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech. And um, he was originally an off-ball linebacker, junior college graduate, and uh, junior college transfer. And his senior season was the only season he was a full-time edge defender. But 
He's he's got good good length. I think he's six six. He's only like two forty. But if you remember, Brian Burns is only around two forty when he came out of college too, and everybody said he was too small. But he's got incredible athleticism. His wrath score, I think, was nine eight three or something like that. And it's just he kind of he falls into a situation in Carolina where you have Yator Gross Matos, who hasn't really lived up to his first round capital. Marquise Haynes, who's yeah, second round. Marquise Haynes, who's just kind of yeah, <laughs> and there's there's not much else there. So I mean, they drafted him in the sixth round, 189th overall, and he's he has the potential to come in and play year one, even if it's as just a specialist role. But he could grow. I mean, he still only had one full year as an edge pure edge defender, and if he can just keep growing into that role it, with his length, pack out a couple of pounds. I mean, the, the potential is there. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I, I still got to watch more of Barno because I remember you mentioned him like on the pre-draft pod as well, um, liking him. And yeah, it, it does seem like a good spot, right? Like I, I recently wrote up um, like the IDP veteran winners and losers of the draft. And I, I included Gross Machos as a winner based purely on expected playing time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that they didn't take anybody in the first two days of the drafts because right. they certainly could have to try to fill the Hassan Reddick void, but they stuck with with Gross Matos. And there's not a whole lot to love about Gross Matos other than like potentially volume. Um, right. So he's, he, he hasn't shown to be a great pass rusher yet. Um, they, you know, there's there's a little, he's improved a little bit as a run defender, but not, not great. Um, so yeah, there's there's room, right? There's that, that's what I like about like these kind of late guys you, when you kind of try to project who might emerge is that there's like there's little cracks that that like guys like Barno, six rounders, um, can can slip through it and try to and try to find a spot on the roster and and in a starting lineup maybe. So um, yeah, I know you liked him. I know you're excited about him. So that that's cool that he got into a nice spot um, and hopefully he does emerge there because. Yeah, it'd be a fun one. I, I don't think I've grabbed any Amari Barno yet, so I should, probably should just because He's going undrafted, just grab yeah, the waivers. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I'll do just to to get in on the train there with you because <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping because I have a ton of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the guys I was gonna go. I had a couple guys, but I, I'll just I'll just go with one. I was gonna name Alex Wright um, with the Browns, but Jadavian Clowney signed. What was it last week? Yeah. Or early this week. Um, yeah, Jadavion Clowney just signed with the Browns. So I'll wait a year on Alex Wright um and see how he does as a rookie. That way he doesn't have to be thrust into a starting role really too early. But I ended up going with uh Drake Jackson of your San Francisco 49ers. So he uh I know he was my like pre-draft sleeper. Um I, I know you weren't like crazy about him, but I, I I think I had him ranked in the middle of my top ten at that time. And um I really like the like the knowing the 49ers history of doing like a nice job developing defensive linemen where they're they're able to get the most out of kind of like these limited players, like a like DJ Jones, Arden mm-hmm. Key, uh Eric Armstead, even who was like a raw prospect coming out, but had yeah. like these covetable uh athletic traits. They found a way to turn him into an every down NFL player. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I love the landing spot for Jackson just to, you know, get better as an NFL pass rusher. I know there was some work to be done with him, but I think you know, I think it was the Steelers I went with pre-draft as my favorite landing spot, but the 49ers aren't far behind. Uh, but this is a guy I think, you know, he has a he, he doesn't have elite size by any means, but probably the best bend in the class uh, for my money yeah. and and an elite first step. So I think there's a and with a clear path to get on the field for Jackson considering like D Ford's history of, of bed rest um, yeah. and, and Jackson getting that second round draft capital. I think bed he rest. can. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's always out. It's crazy. Um, so I, I think, and he's 21 years old, right? I think he can, yeah. he can really develop and, and has a good shot to be like a, um, a relevant IDP in, in, in dynasty league. So I, I'm excited about Drake Jackson um, as my guy. I, I didn't go nearly as deep as you did for, um, for that one. I think Jackson was like one of the next guys taken, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. He's like five picks one. after Sam yeah. Williams. So, um, but yeah, that, that's a guy that I ended up really liking and, and somebody that I've been scooping up um, where I can. Yeah, I do like it. I I like the landing spot because my my biggest knock on Jackson pre-draft was his motor. He seemed disinterested on a lot of plays and 
mainly run defense. He seemed disinterested, mm-hmm. but in San Francisco, he's probably going to be more of a rotational pass rusher to start anyway. So he won't be in there on rundowns right. too often. So you don't have to worry about that disinterest. You just plug him in, in that D forward kind of role and just rush the passer. Just use yeah. your athleticism, get off the edge. And he's got Nick Bosa on the other side who's requiring so much attention. Eric Armstead, who's a good pass rusher up the interior. And hopefully Kinlaw can show some improvement this year. So, right. I mean, the defensive line's good. So he's he's got all the opportunity in the world. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good pieces there. Like, I like them bringing in Charles O'Manahue too. Mm-hmm. Um, late last, or I guess near before the trade deadline last yep. year. And is Maurice Hurst still there? No. He went no, somewhere he's else. Gone. I forgot where though. Uh, I, see, I've always liked Maurice Hurst. I was kind of excited when he went to the 49ers. I thought he'd have a chance, but just never happened for him. Yeah, but the, yeah, uh, I forgot about Omenahu, and they still have Samson Ebucam. I mean, he right. wasn't terrible. Yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah, but like you said, with what they did with Arden Key last year, it's like, wow. Yeah, yeah, they know what they're doing over there. So it, it, it'll be it'll be a good one, I think, for for Jackson. I think he's somebody definitely to to keep an eye on. Another guy late. In in drafts, probably fifth round a lot of the times, maybe fourth sometimes, depending if I'm in the league or not. I'd try to grab them around there. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. So that is our list. What do you say we go through and rank these guys? Um, I guess we'll just go one to ten. All right. Um, one and two, we probably have the same. Hutchinson, Thibodeau. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So who's your number three? Uh, uh George Karlaftis. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, number four. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti. Nice. Yeah, me too. I go back and forth. I go back and forth with Ebiketti and Johnson. Um, Same. But yeah. I just go Ebiketti just because volume. Yeah. Yeah. Volume. volume. And yeah, he's just like the more I dig into like some of the metrics with Ebiketti, like he really kind of stands out amongst the group. So um, yeah, I really like that one. Uh and number five, I went Jermaine Johnson. Same. That, yeah, okay. <laughs> so our top five is We're the same. Good here. Yeah, let's see. Uh, six, who'd you get? Uh, six, I actually like Sam Williams. Nice, okay. Just so mainly because landing spot, and I, I did a lot of pre-draft look on him. I did, I did a profile for him for the IDP Guys magazine, so I, I watched him quite a bit, and I actually really like his potential. Nice, yeah. Sam Williams is a good one. I See, like this back five, like six through ten for me is is rough. Like it it changes constantly. Mm-hmm. I put Trayvon Walker at six based on the volume of snaps that he should get and betting on the projection that the <laughs> Jacksonville so <laughs> confident that they're gonna get I, I and I don't love it. I I like I wouldn't take him. That's the thing. I'm I not know. drafting him. No, I'm not either. The, the draft capital's there. What I when I wrote up my my rookie rankings, the thing that I wrote in the Trayvon Walker blurb was either let somebody else draft him, and then wait a year or two, and then trade for him for cheaper than what they paid because that production isn't likely to be there. And by the time that he's hitting his peak in like year three, you'll be able to get him before that point. So instead of wasting a spot on him for the first two years of the draft, that that's kind of how I feel about Trayvon Walker. Honestly, I have him at six. I don't love it. I, I don't love my back five here, yeah, how they're I think, ordered. I think it was, I wrote something post-draft about Trayvon Walker. I said he the only reason he's this high is because of his draft capital. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that was it. I was like, yeah. if it wasn't a, for that. Like anything, and he has great draft <laughs> capital. But other than that, I did not see anything I like about it, and especially the landing spot. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? Like if it wasn't for that first overall pick and like knowing that they have now invested – so much capital into making him work mm-hmm. uh, he wouldn't be he'd probably be like outside the top eight for right. me just because of that pass rush and and the production in college right so i i threw i moved him up because of the the uh the capital but i i again i wouldn't be comfortable taking him there yeah um number seven i went drake jackson so i i do still like drake, drake jackson uh pretty high up i guess um but who'd you have at seven um, I have Trayvon Walker. Okay. okay. Shakily Trayvon Walker. I still same deal. It's weird, right? It feels gross it taking him because really we, we, we watched the entire college season of his, his body of work and it's just, it's not good. It's and like, he was on a dominating defense yeah. and he didn't show like he just, you didn't see him. Yeah. 
I saw Adam Anderson more than I saw him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it did. Yeah, hmm. it's true. I, I I know it 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 doesn't feel right, but man, he's he's such a freak that that we got to bet a little bit on the athleticism and yeah yeah. But yeah, I, I mean maybe it is outside of the top five is fine for him, right? It's not too high of a pick, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see i'm sure it varies like from draft to draft maybe people are still taking him as the first idp off the board i i, I have no idea i haven't seen him go that uh, high but uh, usually i see him as like the third edge as the earliest mm-hmm. so yeah um but who did you have at uh number eight uh ojabo nice, david ojabo yeah that's where i got him uh and then number nine i went boy mafe same okay so I so Sam Williams I put at ten, um, so that that's probably our biggest difference in the entire ranking. But honestly, like if if it's not for maybe him just being a little bit more raw, and I think you know taking a couple like a year or two to get really good, I could easily move him up. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you have at ten? Uh, Pascal. Oh, Pascal. Nice. Yeah. 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 So I guess I I, I didn't rank Pascal. Drake Jackson because right. It, but I would put Jackson probably probably right in before Ojabo. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's where I have him. Okay. Yeah, I I guess I should have ranked Pascal too. Ah, whatever. But <laughs> I, I'm constantly changing my rankings. It's not like it's I, I obsess over them sometimes and I just like I can't. I, I I gotta like walk away from them every once in a while. But anytime I pull up my rankings, which is on a daily basis, I'm just like constantly tinkering like one spot for every player. This is why I stopped doing rankings. Yeah. <laughs> I just did I did pre I did projections for the season and then that's it. That's a good way to do it. The projections is a nice is a nice uh, way to do it. I, I do that as well, but they have to update people rankings want rankings. so often. I know I, I know. can't do it. I I, I just want to write, man. Yeah, I want to write. I, I hear you. I hear <laughs> rankings, you. and then you put out rankings, and then it's just like you, no matter how hard you try, you just get bashed for it. Oh, like, yeah. I know it's splitting hairs. I'm trying to do you a favor. Yeah, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Why do you hate me so? <laughs> Yeah, you can't make everyone happy, as no. we know, um, doing this kind of stuff. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh I mean the weekly in season rankings are the worst. Like well, those, that's what that's what killed me on them. It's like yeah. doing like you had to do every week, you're changing your rankings, and you're like, ah, I just number one, I don't have the time and I, I just yeah. the ambitions, it's killing my ambition to write. Right. It's like eh, I don't like doing that. <laughs> I, yeah. I wanna write. But yeah. so like, but you think about the edge class though. I want to hit on a little bit more. You, you yeah. have guys like you go to Arizona. You have both. They drafted both Cameron Cameron Thomas and right. Myjai Sanders. Yeah, both with good potential to play. I mean, you could even see Thomas slide inside, possibly maybe yeah. play inside. But they don't really have anything. Yeah, Chandler Jones is gone. JJ Watt is a shell of his former self. So both of those rookies could still potentially see decent volume their rookie season. Yeah. Yeah, I like I I like Myjay Sanders quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of like the stand-up edge rusher there, yep. um, like outside of the tackles, and and Cameron Thomas, like you said, to kind of play that three-four defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think makes a lot of sense him playing that either JJ Watt or Zach Allen type yeah. role because um, that's kind of what he was um, at yep. USC. He's this big, thick uh, defensive end. So, but yeah, Sanders is Sanders is interesting. He's a, he's a good pass rusher. Um, but yeah, there's nobody. There's Victor Dumake. What's it? Whatever you call him. J. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> so and then actually, had so many Maybe. messaged me today. Yeah, about um, Jesse Lucetta, uh, oh. who was like a seventh yep, rounder that they that he liked. So there's there's some guys there that that could be interesting. Um, but yeah, Sa- Sanders is I think my favorite of the the Arizona guys. Yeah. And, and then Cameron Thomas would be close. Yeah, it's a crazy deep edge class. So mm-hmm. have have fun with your your. Just grab your guys during your rookie drafts and then just check out waivers after, after you're done. There's a slew oh, yeah. of them still available. Definitely. Yeah. Kingsley Anikbare mm-hmm. um, is another guy too in Green Bay. Like if Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary yeah. gets hurt, something like that. Preston Smith's got an app. He's, he's what, 30 years old this year? That's the thing. Yeah. He's getting older. So. Yeah. There's, there's some guys. There's definitely some guys and I'm pretty sure um, – We'll be talking about them more as the the off season goes and as hype, you know, through camp and stuff grows as well. So, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, what? that that 
that's the edge class, man. It was a really good class this year. Um, and uh, a lot, I think a lot deeper than last year, obviously, mm-hmm. like how we're talking about it. Um, but yeah, hopefully that was enough rookie edge talk to get the juices flowing for the people. If you still have rookie drafts to come, or if you're looking for post draft pickups or, or reasons to make trades, whatever the case, thank you all for listening. And a big thank you to the great Joey, the tooth Joey, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and spitting hot fire on the mic as usual. Uh, it's my pleasure, man. It's one of my favorite to come on. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I always look forward to our chats, and uh, yeah, we get we have the group DM that we're always uh, we're always shooting the shit in. So oh my god, that's <laughs> hilarious! If I die every day during that chat. Yeah, yeah every day one. you guys kill me. <laughs> it's a fun one, but uh, yeah, it's always nice to talk kind of face to face or, or screen uh, screen to screen here. As yeah, say so. Um, but yeah, but uh, please remind the the good listeners uh, where they could find you and your work this season. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Joey the Tooth IDP. Uh, you can find my IDP projections on idpguys.org as well as weekly articles. Uh, you can find all my Yukon SI work at yukonsi.com. I'll be covering all things Yukon football. First time, first year doing that. So that's been a blast. I got to do a couple of, couple of interviews with some coaches. Go check out some practices. That, that's been really eye-opening i almost went to event an event at a brewery recently with jim moore there but i couldn't make my i couldn't make it there i had to work my other job too late and i was like (laughs) but that's the goal of this season is to meet jim moore and and lou spanos i want to meet lou spanos too but other than that just uh oh actually uh with the idp show i believe me and uh kyle and kyle i apologize i'm probably gonna biff your name bella fuel bella fuel belly fuel yeah (laughs) Um, we're going to be doing uh, some uh, weekly shows, some weekly prep shows for the IP show this year. year. It's like we're we're going to be in a rotation with with a couple of guys. So that's going to be a blast. Love my guy, Kyle. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'll be doing them. I think I'm doing the preview one with uh, with Josh. So yeah. yeah, we'll be in that rotation with you. It'll yeah. be fun. Um, nice. I, yeah. I look forward to following more of your work, man. I always enjoy it. And yeah, Same. exciting stuff over there at IDP guys and 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 UConn Sports Illustrated. Yeah, well. it's That's fun. Pretty cool. And just so you know, I, I finally gave in and I uh, I got my PFF subscription. Oh, nice! I Thank subscribed. You. I was like, I've I've watched a lot of all those all those little threads you throw on, and I'm like, right. all right, I need more of this. Yeah, I have to do it. <laughs> that's that's the goal, right? Is to give people a taste and hopefully that they enjoy it and and check it out because yeah, there's there's so much good info. It really it. is, it, and especially like as a writer too. Yeah, they have like all those pressure grades and everything. It's just it's just so much more information on PFF. Yeah, yeah. It there's there's a ton, man. It's 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 uh it's a lo- there's a lot of good work out there and yeah hopefully people utilize it because man it makes a big difference for for fantasy football as well right so mm-hmm. um yeah i appreciate you doing that and uh yeah we'll uh we'll be back again um thank you again joey and and thank you everybody for listening i have been john macri uh, at pff underscore macri on the tweeter you can find all my written work on pff.com and i will be back with uh more auditory work in a couple of weeks with my guy uh john glosser as we wrap up this post-draft rookie series talking about the safety class so hopefully you all tune in for that and until then idp's out